You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. How many ready for the prophetic word of 2023? If you want my notes, text notes, I have the most notes I've ever had in any message. And uh, I have over 40 scriptures, uh, about 30 different references. There's a lot of scripture here. Second Samuel chapter six, beginning in verse one. This is not our tradition in our church. We rarely do this. We've never done this. Uh, but I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. And so we're just gonna just do it because I feel like he told us to. Uh, so let's stand for the reading of the word of God. Second Samuel chapter six, verse one, it says, David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all of the people where with him in Bailey, Judah, to bring up there the ark of God, which was called by the name of the Lord, the host who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart. Someone say new cart. And they brought it to the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahiho were the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart. Someone say new cart. And the ark of God. And Ahiho, and Ahiho went before the ark. Verse 5. Then David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And they came to the threshing floor of Nacon. And Uzzah put his hand on the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen had stumbled. Verse 7. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God struck him down there because of his error. He died beside the ark of God. Verse 8. Then David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place he called Perez Uzzah to that day. Verse 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. So he said to this, look at this. How can the ark ark of the Lord come to me. So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom of the Gittites. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom and the Gittites for three months, and the Lord blessed Odom-Edom's entire household. Verse 12, and the king told, or excuse me, and it was told to the king, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belonged to him because the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing or joy. I came to tell you this morning that this is the year that dunamis goes from on us to in us. The prophetic word, the word of the Lord over Mercy Culture Church in 2023 is that this is a year of dunamis. Let's pray. 
So Lord, we just declare right now, this house is yours. We are yours. We declare that your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Lord, we declare we hide your word in our heart that we would not sin against us. We declare your word is true. Let every man be a liar. Father, I pray right now that you would give, you would breathe upon your word, your logos word. I pray it would become a lie. Let your spirit breathe upon it. Let it become rhema. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand what your spirit is saying to us. Holy Spirit, we declare we don't make room for you, but we give you the entire room. Like we've prayed, we say no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. So we say, Holy Spirit, come, come, come. I thank you that nobody came to hear me. We all came to hear you. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. The Lord speaks to me throughout the year on the prophetic words for the year. And then I, I bring them to the elders. And last year he spoke to me way, way, way early in the year. I think it was end of March, early April, where I was on the Trinity Trail. And he spoke to me about uh, the year of expanding territory when he said uh, uh, Jabez. And, and, and this year was a little different. He, he got it down to the wire. And there were some things that were stern in me. But we had staff vision week. And I remember being up late on a Monday night and it was our Sabbath night. And, and I said to Heather, I said, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I, we're going into the staff vision week where I'm supposed to give the staff the vision for the next year. And God hasn't spoken to me yet. And she says something powerful. She said, the Lord has already spoken to you. But I had heard him, but it was a quieter voice this year. So I woke up early in the morning and I started retracing my steps where I know that God had spoken to me before. And I started walking around this building early in the morning before uh, the, 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 the sun was just, just coming up. And I started thanking God for speaking to me. And I got to this side of the building right over here. I'm outside walking as the sun's coming up. And, and right in the, I think that's the family area parking right over here. And as I was walking in that parking lot, I looked up at the logo that's on this side of the building, put that scripture or put that picture up on the screen. And I saw the, the, the building from this side and I heard the audible voice of the Lord speak to me and say, I am bringing dunamis to this house. There's something significant about that side of the property. That's the side of the property where I heard the Lord say, if you give it to, it, 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 when I said to the Lord, I'll give it to you, it'll never be mine, it will always be yours. That's the side of the property where I had the vision of the two mothers, the two prostitutes that Solomon ministered to and one was, wasn't willing to cut the baby up. She was willing to let it go on behalf of the word of the Lord or that baby to accomplish all that it set out to do. If you need a word from God, I encourage you to go to that parking lot there and pray. <laughs> he said, I am bringing dunamis to your house. I've already ministered briefly last year on dunamis. Dunamis is in the Greek is the word that means miraculous power, might, strength. It's a power force. It comes from the, the word dunamai or connected to dunamai, which means to perform miracles. This is for the believer, the power of applying God's inherent abilities. It's the power through God's ability or to make dunamis simple. It is the power source of God. I love this verse, Acts 1, 8, it says, but you will receive power or dunamis. Someone say dunamis. 
when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you. This is right before Jesus ascends to heaven and he has a word for the disciples. He said, you will receive my dunamis. Watch, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you. Someone say upon you. What's interesting is as God has spoken to me about dunamis, I realized that there's been this unique relationship with mercy culture and dunamis since we've started and I didn't even realize it. In 2019, we started our church in Pasco High School. And I spontaneously began to pray, fear go, Holy Spirit come at the end of a message called not a fear. And then in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, Pastor Jasmine began to spontaneously sing from, sing from this platform a prayer that became an anthem over this house called fear go. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, for God is not of fear, a spirit, not a fear, but of power. Someone say dunamis, love and a sound mind. As we have been praying and singing and declaring fear go over your lives, over this house, over this city and over this nation, we've been praying prayers of dunamis. 2020, we said was a year of miracles. And then last year, I'm teaching on the gifts of the Spirit as the Lord directed me to do. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is from 1 Corinthians 12, 10, where they're all found, is another is miraculous power. Someone say dunamis. As we declared miracles over this house for that entire year, we were declaring dunamis power. 2021 was the year of the supernatural. That's where we find Ephesians 3.20, now him to is able to do abundantly, supernaturally, beyond what we could ask or think, look at this, according to his power, someone say dunamis. Dunamis at work in us. We have been declaring his dunamis power as we declare the supernatural all year long. In 2021, the Lord spoke to us and said, as the Panates were birthing a daughter of honor, that we were supposed to birth a, a value of honor in this house. Look at how Deuteronomy is connected with honor. Mark chapter six, it says this, when Jesus was in his home, uh, hometown, verse three, they said this about Jesus. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and, 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 and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not these his sisters with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown among his relatives. Verse five says, and he could not do mighty, or that word mighty is the same word of dunamis. He cannot do dunamis work there. Watch this. We have been since 2021 declaring a value of honor in our culture to prepare the ground so dunamis could be done here. Well, let me just pull that back and teach for a moment because if you have a life that is not filled with honor, you do not have a foundation for dunamis to be done in your life. The following year, the Lord spoke to us and said we needed to steward better and that he was bringing a value of stewardship to our culture. You see our values and culture is all written all over the walls, all over this building. We find this in Matthew 25, verse 14. It says this, now it's just like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to one he gave two talents, to another he gave one talents. Look at this, each according to his own ability. But we read ability in the English that's, that's translated from the Greek, but the, the, the real word of that ability isn't the word ability, as our skill set, but it's the word dunamis. 
So watch this. God is giving gifts. He's giving anointing. He's giving resources. Watch. According to your dunamis. It's been here the whole time. Exodus 15, 30, 13. Look at this. Exodus 15, 13. I'm reading the King James. Someone just, I just ministered to them. Because they're King James only, even though the Bible is written in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Praise the Lord. It says this. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth his peach people which you have redeemed and guided them in thy strength. That word strength is really important because I'm going to come back to it in a moment because it's connected to dunamis. But in thy strength unto the holy habitation or the place that God dwells. Well, this is a prophetic scripture over mercy culture because he has been leading us in his mercy the whole time. Since 2016, he's been directing us by his mercy, look at this, to a place where his holy habitation is or the place where his glory dwells. Let me teach you more about dunamis. There's over 500 scriptures connected to dunamis. There's 120 just in the New Testament alone. The rest is found all throughout the Old Testament. Now, when we translate something in the Greek and Hebrew, there's so much more meaning in Greek and Hebrew than there is the English language. The, 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 the English language would be like a broken language uh, of, uh, compared to Hebrew. And so it has such beauty and richness. And, 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 and part of it is, is it came through the mouth of God himself. And so one rabbi says reading the Bible in English is like kissing a woman through a veil or seeing a, 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 a painting in black and white. You're missing the richness and the depths in it. Many of you that went to Israel, you saw it when you went in the Holy Land and, and you saw scripture come alive as you saw the scriptures come real as you saw it face to face. We see all throughout the word of God. And now here's what I want you to do. I want you to be aware of how much you're already aware of dunamis or how much you already know about dunamis, but you weren't aware of it. It's kind of like this. Um, have you ever gotten a new car? And then the moment you get a new car, you notice that car everywhere. But before you got that car, you never noticed that car anytime ever. But when you drive that car, all of a sudden you become aware of that car. So watch, I want you to be aware of how much you have been around dunamis. You just didn't even realize it before. So when you see the words power, when you see the words might, when you see the word strength, when you see the word fortify, these are parts of all these loosely connected word to dunamis. Someone say dunamis. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do everything through Christ that gives me strength. Someone say dunamis. That's that word. And in Philippians 4.13, I could do everything who Christ, who gives me dunamis. Dunamis is connected to prayer and fasting. Luke 4.14, it says, and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. This is right after he went into the wilderness for prayer and fasting. He came out with power. Little did you know that you would be fasting, making a way for dunamis to manifest in your life. Luke 4.36, dunamis is the power or the authority to cast out demons. All were amazed at one another. What is this word? For with what authority and dunamis he commanded unclean spirits to come out? 
Why don't we see the casting out of demons on a regular basis in church? Because we don't see dunamis in church. Dunamis is the nature of God. Romans 1.20, for the invisible attributes, namely his internal dunamis and divine nature. It's who he is. Dunamis is where we find boldness. Romans 1.16 says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the dunamis of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Dunamis is what exposes religious spirits because when you bring dunamis or power into the room, it exposes who does not have power in the room. Matthew twenty two twenty nine 29 says this, Jesus answered, he says to the religious community, you are wrong and you don't know the scriptures nor the dunamis of God. So watch, you can know about God, but not know the dunamis of God. I love this. Mark 13, 26, Jesus is coming back with dunamis. And they will see the son of man coming in chariots with great dunamis and glory. So this is important. You understand this theologically. The primary meaning of dunamis is this miraculous heavenly power. It's the power source of God. But there's more to it. Because even in this rich language, there's more pieces that are connecting. Early last year, I was sitting down with one of the elders of Gateway Church, a friend of mine speaks into my life. His name's Steve Doolin. And, and, and Steve Doolin said to me, he said, man, I watched your vision Sunday and I was exhausted halfway through. <laughs> he said, how are you guys going to do all of that? I'm listening to him talk. He said, you know, in ancient cultures, whenever they would go and take territory or occupy land, he said, they would always stop and turn around and fortify what they built. And when he said the word fortify, I felt the Holy Spirit just punched me in the chest. Sometimes you need to be sensitive because sometimes the Holy Spirit will punch you in the chest. Sometimes he'll shut your mouth. Sometimes he'll slap you upside the head. Sometimes you will feel the Holy Spirit. The Lord taught me how to hear the Holy Spirit through my wife, through feeling it before I heard it. Because she would talk so much, I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know what's you. I don't know what's God. Oh, I, I, I'm being funny. I'm sorry, but I'm serious. One time we're standing in the room, she was talking to me. I felt the Holy Spirit just nudge me in the chest. I heard him say, it's me. Well, I started listening, watch, to the gift God gave me in marriage, listening to the Holy Spirit coming and strengthen me through the gift of God, the prophetic voice in my life. Sometimes you will feel things before you even hear them. We go into our elders retreat and we go and the elders go away twice a year and pray and ask the Lord his heart for this house. And, 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 and I tell him, I said, I just hear these words, pause, strengthen and fortify. We begin to pray together and get these words on, on fortify. And, 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 and we prayed together, but I, I, I didn't feel like we had it yet. I didn't feel like we had the word yet, but we know we were hearing the Lord about the direction and how we're supposed to steward and some of the lenses for this year. And, and, and so I, I just said, I, we're close. It's, it's really close, but it's not quite there yet. And, and then I go and preach this message on miracle power. And I'm, I'm preaching on what the Lord told me to preach a year prior when he woke me up and told me to do this, this, this series. And so I'm preaching on miracle power and growing up reading the NIV. I, I, I did not realize that when we were talking about the miracles, we were actually talking about dunamis. 
And I was, I was reading and preparing the message for, for the gifts of the spirit miracles. I, I, I start feeling there's something about this that's more than a sermon. And this is what was, is wild. Is when the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm bringing due to this house, I remembered something that I screenshotted on my computer as I was studying for the year of, or the gift of miracles, put it up on the screen. So this is my Bible study program. And as I was studying dunamis, which is the top graphic up here, you're looking at the primary meanings of this word from the Greek, which is mighty miracles, strength and ability. So that, that, that supernatural power is the primary use of this word. But I remembered something that I just saw that kind of stood out to me that I, I didn't realize that I went back and looked at it, put it up again. But down below is the Septuagint or it's the Greek translation of the Hebrew and the Greek translation of the Hebrew of this word is the word ooze, which means might, strength, and fortified. What the Lord was showing us and telling us in prayer, he confirmed it in his own definitions. That not only was he bringing power, but he was bringing strength and fortification. The strength and fortification. I love this. This is wild. Look at this. When you begin to study out this word and more meanings of this word, it means strength, power, might, a condition. Look at this. In which one can exert great force or withstand great force. Watch this, watch this. We just exerted great force in expanding territory. Watch this. You didn't even realize you were prophesying in faith. Every prophetic act, every property, every baby, every moment of stepping out in faith of expanding territory. As you were exerting great force, he was preparing you to the same level you were exerting is the same level you will withstand. Someone say dunamis. Someone say strengthen. Fortify. So how do we receive Dunamis. I'm glad you asked. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is very important. This is the theme of scripture where the spirit of the Lord comes upon people. We see this all throughout the Bible, mainly in the Old Testament, where the spirit of the Lord comes upon people. We see this in all throughout Judges. We see this with Samson, where the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and gave him great strength. We see this where the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and the other judges to fight. We see where the spirit of the Lord came upon Ezekiel and Ezekiel, where he began to prophesy to dry bones. We see this where the spirit of uh, the Lord came upon Elisha and he tucked his cloak into his waistband and out outrun chariots in the natural. Watch this. So we see all, all the time when the spirit of the Lord comes upon people. And I want to teach you for a moment because the spirit of the Lord does not come upon you so that you can play Christian in church. The spirit of the Lord does not come upon you so you can get, begin to engage with online arguments with people. The spirit of the Lord comes upon you, watch, to do stuff. You need to turn your, you just need to shake some neighbor next to you. Just tell him, wake up. Just tell him, wake up, wake up. Listen, the spirit of God is not on you to be an accolade. You ever see someone that goes and gets a degree and does nothing with it? 
and it sits on your wall and it's a picture frame watch and what is supposed to empower you just becomes a decoration. That's what a lot of people do with their spiritual gifts. You know why the spiritual gifts are rare? Because the spirit of the Lord came upon people, watch, but they didn't do anything with it. They didn't stop and prophesy. They didn't stop and cast out demons. They didn't stop and heal the sick. They didn't stop and speak in tongues. This is important. Real life story. Last Monday, I came into uh, the chiropractor's office. You're all up in this message this morning. And I walk out. And as I walk out, I hear the Lord say, go back and pray for them. I love you guys. I didn't want to. He gave me a rough adjustment. I'm joking. I was tired. We started the fast. I was late. I had other things to do. We had to get horrific Christmas decorations down. Like there was, oh, there's just stuff. And, I, and I, I, I kept walking away. And as I walked away, I felt his pleasure come off me. The spirit of the Lord comes upon you to go back and do stuff. Someone say do stuff. The purpose of these gifts are not for you to collect. The purpose of these gifts are to use. First Samuel 16, 13 says this. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. Look at this. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. Look at this. From this day forward. David had a very special relationship with the spirit of the Lord. He was anointed by God from a young age. And when he was anointed by God, when the spirit of the Lord came upon him, he did stuff. He took on lions and bears and giants with the spirit of the Lord that was on him. I'm going to jump in a little earlier because I got a lot to unpack in our story this morning. So the primary text that we opened up with was 2 Samuel chapter 6. If you're taking notes, it's in my notes that there's also reference to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Excuse me, 1 Chronicles chapter 13 at the same time. So this story is mentioned twice in the Old Testament. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and 1 Chronicles chapter 13. So we need to show great attention when this is mentioned twice in the Old Testament. This is the story of King David and the ark of God, and which was the presence of God. Before we talk about David the king, we need to understand who David was. David was the shepherd boy. David was the one who served his way into greatness. He was the one who killed the, the, the giant. He was the one, who, when, when King Saul lost his anointed, anointing, David was anointed. I've had people ask me before, can you lose your anointing? Yes. 1 Samuel chapter 16 tells us Saul lost his. He was given to another that had a right heart before the Lord. So watch, David went from a 10 to 12 year old young teenager, anointed king, giant killer, worship leader to a spear dodging, exiled cave dweller. I don't have time to teach all of David's story. You can go read it for yourself in, in, in 1 Samuel. So he went from this teenage phenom, giant killer, favorite worship leader that everybody was playing his videos, to 
his non-anointed king throwing spears at him, creating war with him, running from him, living in caves. And let me just teach for a moment. David finally became king 20 years after he was anointed. We see this in 2 Samuel chapter 5. So he was anointed by the prophet and 20 years later, he actually became the king. Let me just give a warning for you young people to be careful about rushing your process of promotion. Because maybe you came to Psalm Assembly and you got a, a, a prophetic word. And because you got a prophetic word where someone says, God is going to anoint you to do this. You have thought the kingship already came on you. There was a 20 year process of him stewarding that prophetic word. Do you know why the Lord gives us process? He wants to see if we'll give up. Oh, he wants to see if the word is about you or if the word is about him. Look at this. First Chronicles chapter 13. David's first act as king was to get the presence of the Lord back. He becomes king 20 years later. This is what he does. He says this, let us bring the ark of God back to us. Look at this. For we did not seek it in the days of Saul. Ooh, this is really important. I'll share a little more about this in a moment. But David was put in the position of a king, but he did not want to be king without the presence. He said this, I had the presence in the field. I had the presence with a giant. I had the presence in a cave. I've had the presence in the battles, but I will not be king without the presence. Too many of us only want the presence in the hard times. David said, I cannot sustain this kingship without his power. That's what he prayed those, those Psalms, like Psalms 42, verse two, my soul thirsts for God. Look at this, when can I go meet with God? That wasn't how many nights of solemn assembly? When is this over? How long are they doing worship out there for? Where are we marching to now? No, I, I'm trying to show a contrast and someone whose soul hungers and thirsts for righteousness. David is saying, when can I be with you in the Lord? That's the prayer of the Lord. Would you wake me up earlier? Would you wake me up in the midnight hour? Would you wake me up in the fourth turning? Would you wake me up in the early morning? When can I come and be with you again? This is who King David was. Another attribute of the story is the Ark of the Covenant. Most of you are familiar with this was. Exodus chapter 25 lays it out for it. The Ark was a wooden box that was covered in gold with these railings on it so it could be carried. And on top of it, it had two angels, which they called cherubims, that covered it. Inside was three items. We had the Ten Commandments that God wrote with his own hand on. It was manna that God sent from heaven and Aaron's staff. Those represent the Ten Commandments was the law of God or the ways of God. Watch, this wasn't the rules of God. 
This was the ways of God to know him well. The bread was God's word. It's type and shadow of Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. Man should not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. This was the bread of God or the provision of God. And then the rod of God was Aaron's staff or the miracle power that went before them. So it was Aaron's staff that threw down, became a snake and ate the snake of the other magicians. It was Aaron's rod that was held up above the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. Watch, the rod represented power. So you have the ways of God, you have relationship with God, and you have the power of God in this golden box. It's important you understand this, that this, this golden box was the manifest presence of God before Jesus came to the earth. This was the Holy of Holies. This was the secret place. When you go to Israel and everybody play, prays at the Western Wall, do you know why they pray there? Because on the other side was the temple and that's where the box was. It had nothing to do with, 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 with a, a wall. There's nothing significant about the wall. It was what's on, on the other side of the wall. This holy thing was on the other side. Now watch, so, so you, have, you have Muslims in Israel that are all fighting over the same place in the same space because it just was there. This is what the Ark of God was. Now the Ark of God was captured or lost. Scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter four, look at this, the glory had departed from Israel. The Philistines, the enemies of God captured the Ark in 1 Samuel chapter four. The power and presence of God began to afflict the Philistines in 1 Samuel chapter five. So the Philistines sent it back to Israel blindly on a cart because they said, we do not want this power in our land because it's tormenting us. So they sent it back to Israel and it ended up in a local town for 20 years and in that 20 years never one time did Saul said let's go get the presents that's why he lost the anointing he only cared about what people thought he only cared about people liking him he only cared about his popularity. He only cared about his provision. He only cared about his house. He only cared about his name. He only cared about his fame. And the first act as king of King David was, guys, we're going to get the presence back. Huh. Do you know that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of ministries that do not fight for the presence of God. Watch, the ark was sitting in a town about a mile outside Jerusalem, just randomly sitting there for 20 years. Oh, it's okay, it's in distance. We can go visit it on a Wednesday night. Oh, oh, oh. It's somewhere over there sometimes. Well, that's for the spirit-filled people. You know, you just go over there sometimes. There's a lot of people that do not care that the ark is not close as long as it's close enough. David said, we're getting the ark back. Second Samuel chapter six, verse three, our primary text. Let's go back to it. 
says, and they carried, God, they carried the ark of God on a new cart. Someone say new cart. Add 10 more minutes to my clock, please. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart. Someone say new cart. With the ark of God, and Ohio went before the Lord. What is a new cart? A new cart is a structure that would carry the weight. Now, this is important. Can you put this, uh, this slide back up of the Ark of the Covenant? So, this is made of wood with solid gold. With gold. Now, we don't know, because the Bible doesn't tell us if those cherubim are made of solid gold or are they wood carvings covered in gold. So theologians believe that this weighed between 350 pounds, depending on if those cherubim were solid gold or covered in gold, between 350 pounds to around 600 plus pounds of weight that this carried. 350 to 600 pounds. And it was designed to be carried by four individuals with these poles. So that means this, each individual was responsible between 80 to 150 pounds of weight. And so it was designed to be carried and each person had a responsibility of weight, but they, someone had the idea of, I think that we don't have to carry the weight or we don't have to have the responsibility to carry the presence of God. If we just created something for it to go on instead of us. So maybe if we had a ministry Maybe if we had certain kind of services, maybe if we had these departments, maybe, maybe if I begin to, to, to manufacture some sort of religion or ministry or church or life, what can I do? I, you know, the, the, it, it kind of gets heavy, so maybe my pastor can carry it for me. Maybe the elders will just carry it for us. Maybe, maybe my grandma will pray and carry it for us. Maybe somebody else, but I, this is heavy. So surely... There could be a better way to carrying the presence of God than have it be on us. Do you know that your good intentions could have bad outcomes? <sighs> Try not to prophesy yet. But some of you partially partner with prophetic words. And then you have bad, bad, bad outcomes with good intentions because you did not obey the Lord. See, many of you have the outcomes you didn't hope for because you neglect God's word. Whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the fear of the Lord on me. I watched this happen where people tried to partner with expanding territory, but it was a spirit of rebellion. It was not God. And they tried to use that prophetic word as their cart. Instead of expanding territory one step at a time like God told us to do. Woo! That's why I felt grace coming on us. Because some of you went a little slower than you thought and you thought you missed God. You actually obeyed him. Oh. See, David actually transported the ark. Not the way that God showed him but the way his enemies showed him. 
Now remember, the ark of God was lost in battle. The Philistines stole the ark. It brought chaos and tumors and sickness and disease to their camp. So they took the, they took the ark, according, put it up on the screen, according to 1 Samuel 6, 2, verse 8, it says the Philistines, look at this, called for the priests and the diviners. The Philistine called those that specialize in witchcraft and said, how can we get this thing out of here? Watch, and those that were demonically led to manipulate and cause people to stumble, I feel the Holy Ghost. Those that are called, demonically infused, to cause people to stumble said, put it on a cart. And then they just sent it on its way. So at some point, David said, they did it like that. Ah, that's the moment where you think that you can live like your friends can live. That's the moment that you think you can live like your business partners live. That's the way that you think you can live like somebody else can live. That person goes to that church gets away with this. My friend gets away with this. No, 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 no. See, listen, those that are called to carry the presence cannot operate the way the world operates. You cannot operate in, operate in compromise. You cannot operate in complacency. See the world. Oh, you see it. You see it on television shows where they do gospel albums and they cry and they dance like they're in church. But there's no glory. The glory had departed. Hmm. Watch. David's heir. Please get this. Please get this. I know this is heavy, but I'm trying to take you into the new year prophetically. David neglected the word of God. This is the spirit-filled church's error. They have neglected the word of God. Watch. They learned how another person successfully carried the ark out. I feel the, oh my gosh. No, I'm getting stuff for the first time that I never got before. Watch. The Philistines put it on a cart to get it out. It wasn't the plan to get it in. Kid you not, I just saw that right now in the spirit. The Phil, it worked for the Philistines because it was to get the presence of God out. You say, why do these other churches are doing this? And how come these other churches are doing that? Listen, those might be carts. Pastor, how come we don't do things like this? And my old church, my old do that, then go be planted and submitted there. We're trying to get the presence in. Not get the presence out. No, someone, you need to get this in your spirit because some of you, I don't know if I'm going to go through membership yet if a pastor doesn't meet with me. And I, I, I need an audience and I need a meeting and I was important in other places. Well, welcome to Mercy Culture where God is important. Someone shout, bring the presence in. That wasn't bad enough. A man named Uzzah was maneuvering the ark. Verse six of 2 Samuel 6, Uzzah put his hand on the ark 
and took a hold of it when the oxen stumbled. Hmm. And it says this, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. God struck him down of his error. He died there beside the, beside the ark. Some of you think that this is intense and severe. Yes, obeying God is intense and severe. Your obedience is a matter of life and death. Uzzah, this is wild. Uzzah's name is connected to dunamis. Oh. But it doesn't mean strength of God. It means strength of man. Uzzah was trying to govern and guide the presence with his own strength. He's trying to make it happen. He's doing it through striving. This is, you know, you guys that help God with the prophetic word when you do things that he didn't ask you to do and you step out where he didn't ask you to step out and you start dating the person that you shouldn't be dating because it's a year of the supernatural, whatever year you want to try to connect it to and you're going to go try to expand your own territory when God hadn't told you to do that yet. Watch, and instead of going slow and staying close to the ark, you run out ahead, ask God to bless you and you don't know, realize or don't know why things die in your life. was a man of his own strength. He did not wait on the power of God. Whew. You know what's wild? You know where the oxen stumbled? He stumbled by the place of the threshing floor. Watch David loosely walked by the place he was supposed to be giving sacrifices. Watch, he lost the fear of the Lord in that moment and he rushed by the place of sacrifice in obedience and the place where he stopped is the place that he stumbled because where you stop being obedient is where you spiritually stumble. So you can't figure out if things were starting out so good and then they got hard and I tried to make it easy but it didn't work for easy and what happened? Where did you stop obeying? What chiropractic office did you walk out of that the Lord said, go back into? Which fight did, you, did the Lord tell you to humble yourself to your spouse and you didn't? You went to bed in, 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 in anger. Which moment did God tell you to give and you withheld? What partial obedience did you have? What was the moment that you stopped? The oxen stumbled. Uzzah died. And the fear of God hit David. Oh. I love David and David messed up all the time. Some of you are too hard on yourself. It's good to be hard on yourself, but don't be religious with yourself. It's good to challenge yourself, challenge yourself, be, be firm, lead, but don't be religious. His heart's desires to get the presence back. And he messes up. Anyone ever mess up trying to do something for God? So watch his prayer. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Second Samuel 6, 9. And David was afraid of the Lord. And he said, how could I get the ark to come to me? Watch. He did say, okay, like Saul, we'll just leave it alone. No, David said, okay, this didn't work. I feel, I feel something strong in my spirit. Where there is this faithfulness. Ah, oh, this is dunamis. There, there, there's this strengthening and fortifying in your faith. Watch, that you stop, stop giving up so easily. And how many of us 
when it didn't work, would say, we tried. I tried the prophetic word easy. It doesn't work for me. I tried to expand territory. It doesn't work for me. David said, I tried. It didn't work. How can I get his presence to come to me? How, watch, can I try again? And you know what David did? Watch, he went back to the word. I love this. Numbers chapter four, verse 15. And, and, and this is wild because the scripture doesn't say that David actually went back to text. The only thing that makes sense is David went back and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did we carry the presence before our enemies got it? How did we carry the presence before we became a cool seeker attractional church? How did we carry the presence in past days? How did we do it before when his glory was there? He said, somebody go back. We need to find out how we're supposed to do this. He finds himself in Numbers chapter four. Put the screen, put it up on the screen. It says, and when Aaron and his sons or the priests were covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, they came and set out. And after that, the son of Kohath shall come and carry these things. Someone say carry. They must not touch the holy things lest they die. These are the things of the tent meeting. The sons of Kohath, look at this, are to carry. Put the picture of that ark back up. God reminded David, my presence was designed to be carried by men. I put poles on it for a reason. I know it's heavy, but this is how you transport my presence. Watch this is how you get it to go from place to place. Watch, I feel the, here's the word. It is not by a man's strategy. It is not by man's strength. It was designed to be carried, hear this, by people. Do you know why the Lord wants people carrying his presence? Because it strengthens and fortifies you. Because you are holding the presence and you're like, man, this thing feels heavy. I thought the prophetic word was supposed to be easy. Easy and heavy are two different things because there's a weight of glory. But don't worry. Watch. He says, as you carry his presence, watch his power is strengthening you. I know you're trying to read the self-help books to get stronger on your own, but something happens in dunamis where it is not your strength. It is your, his strength working in you. And here's what it says. He says, I want to strengthen you. How are you strengthened and fortified when you carry this presence? I got to show you something really, really cool. I love it. Uh, 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 Will Ford calls it the tapestry of faith, but, but I, I, I love how God takes things that are happening all the time. And he takes something from January and February and April and March and this prophetic word and that prophetic word and he begins to mix them together. I got to show you what the Lord showed me. This is wild because I want to show you how the story ends. So I know it was hard and I know it was challenging, but, but, but David said, we're going to do this thing different. We're going to go back to the word, watch this, and we're going to do it God's way. Someone say God's way. So in 2 Samuel chapter 6, it says this, verse 12. So David went back to the ark 
and he brought it up from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with rejoicing. Someone say joy. And those carrying the ark of the Lord, watch this, advanced six spaces and then he sacrificed an ox and a fattened calf. I love this. Put the picture of the ark back up. They carried the ark into the city. And every six steps, they stopped and they made a sacrifice and they worshiped. Oh, watch this. How do you sustain that move of the presence of God by never losing the fear of the Lord in sacrifice? Never losing your obedience. Listen to me. This is the key to staying on track. Watch this. Every six steps they stop. Job, you good. Hey, you good. Hey, you good. Hey, are we all good? Watch. We're not losing anybody this time. We're going to go slow together. Watch. We're going to be strong together. Watch. And every six steps we're going to stop and thank God. Someone needs to stand up and just thank God for the miracles of 2020, 21. 22 and 23 begin to thank God for what he's already done Ah, they didn't lose their thanksgiving they didn't lose their joy Pastor Jasmine I felt the pleasure of the Lord while you were singing thank you this morning with the worship team watch they didn't lose their praise they didn't lose their worship they didn't lose their thanksgiving every six paces you know the number six is the number of man they said listen where man fell we're going to get it right this time And they worshiped. Watch, we're almost done. Look at this, look at this. I love this. Not only did they sacrifice, not only did they worship. Ha, ha. But it says this, 2 Samuel 6, 14. It says, and David wearing a linen ephod danced with all of his might. That word ooze again. Before the Lord. Look at this, 1 Chronicles 15, 16. It's the other version of the same text. It says, David also with the leaders of the Levites appointed their relatives and singers to lift up their voices with joy. Watch. Do you know how they transported the presence of God? With obedience, with the fear of the Lord, with thanksgiving, with worship, with praise, and with joy. That's why I feel the Holy Ghost. This is so cool. That's why the Lord said you would dance your way. From conference. Come on, some of you need a band to dance your way with joy. Listen, someone just put your hands together and just begin to give the Lord praise. He said you will dance your way from conference into 2023. Watch, because dancing and joy is how we transport the presence of God. Watch, it's how we get it from one glory to another glory. We're almost done. Uh, Pastor Ryan, come and join me. I need, you, I need you to hear this prophetic word. But this is the year that dunamis 
goes from on us to in us. When I heard the Lord say that dunamis was coming to this house, it meant dunamis is coming to this house. It means dunamis is coming to your family's house. And dunamis is coming to these houses. His dunamis power strengthens and fortifies you. Watch. When it goes from the Old Testament on you, to the New Testament in you. I'm almost done. I have a little more. You need to get this. Acts chapter 2. It's the day of Pentecost. What's the day of Pentecost? It's 50 days after Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. You will receive dunamis when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Acts 1.8 was prophesied right before Jesus ascends to heaven. Acts chapter 2, disciples are gathered there 50 days after and says this. They're all together in one place and suddenly there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire appeared on them. Look at this, verse 3. And rested on each of them. Watch, watch, I'm going to show you dunamis. Verse four, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is how dunamis goes from on you to in you. Now I'm gonna show you what dunamis looks like. John 15, verse one, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does not bear fruit, it prunes, that you may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because the word I have spoken to you. Verse four, look at this. Heather prophesied this on Tuesday night. Abide in me and I will in you. As the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you could do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, it is thrown away like a branch. It withers and branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse seven, if you abide in me, in my words, in you, dunamis, and whatever you wish, it will be done for you. And by my father is glorified that you may bear much fruit. And so you prove to be my disciples. Verse 11 says, these things I have spoken to you, that you may have joy. My joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is the dunamis of God. Where he goes from on you to in you. That's where you begin to bear much fruit. 
We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com. 